three months ago, I found out about today. So I should be pretty good. I've had three months to practice, right? <laughs> but the problem was, the Lord gave me a topic. He said, talk about love. <laughs> I said, whoa. That one gets, uh, Jesus says, I am love, doesn't he? I don't, I really did, I can't grasp that. But I, I hope I can break it down to bits and pieces that you will grasp. <laughs> and uh, Jan and, and, and Mike are handing out, everybody should have a, a sheet of paper on the front and the back. If you don't, just raise your hand and uh, Jan and, and Michael will be able to, to get to you. Let me tell you a little bit about my background here. Um, I'm a preacher's kid. My dad loved to preach. He would preach, he would preach Sunday, Sunday night, Sunday morning. Uh, he would preach Wednesday night and any other time he got a chance. He loved being in front of people and he loved preaching. That was, that's, we called it his gas. It just made him go. If he wasn't preaching, he was upset. <laughs> so he, he, was, uh, he was a preacher. My family, uh, my dad's dad is a preacher. My, my brother, two brothers are Nazarene preachers. Um, my uh, one brother is a district superintendent, retired. And the second brother is, uh, have, has the biggest church on the East Coast in the Nazarene doctrine, Nazarene business. He's got a big church down in Orlando. And uh, me and uh, Chris are the, Chris is the, 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 he went to jail, so I call him the jailbird. And then me and him are the ones that weren't preachers. And then Tom calls me up one day and says, You're, "Would you like to come in and we'll we'll let you we'll let you preach once in a while?" <laughs> so now, now there's four out of five that have something to do with the ministry. Oh, my sister married a preacher, and he was a district superintendent of Michigan. So <laughs> he's uh, he's one year older than I am, and. Uh, so it's in my blood, but I never wanted to be a preacher. I was sitting there waiting for God to zap me. You know, you will be a preacher. You know, I expected God to come down and just tell me, you're going to be a preacher, and nothing happened. So I figured I'd be like a Barnabas. Barnabas was Paul's support, <laughs> and that's what I do. <laughs> I like to support. Uh, somebody else can share the limelight, I'll support them. <laughs> That's the way I am, and that's the way I have been. I've had two children, and I've been married 45 years. Not to the same person. <laughs> Jan and I have been married for 25, my wife of 25 years. <laughs> I was the first in my family to get a divorce. I'm not proud of that, but that happened. <laughs> I, I searched around. You can put love up there anyway. Ja Jacob's going to be doing the real, real uh, good things. He, <laughs> I've searched for love my whole life. And if you look at TV, <laughs> if you look at other areas and you listen to newly married couples, especially in couples that have been married for a long time, that's what they're after. Is love. You guys all are after love. Everybody here wants to be loved. 
That's not a, it's not a mystery. We all want it. But the devil knows that, and he hates you. The devil hates you. Let's just get that straight. You will not be free from the devil's power while you're here on earth. Only Jesus Christ can, can get you out of that. There's no other way to do it. You are hated by Satan, and he will do everything he can to mess you up. If your marriage is going good, he will mess it up. If, you, he, if, you, if you're on a railroad track going down the rail and, and if, if you're a mile away from, from salvation, he will mess you up. He'll mess the railroad track up. He does not want you to be free. He does, you know, he knows that love is, is a big, powerful thing and he knows we need it, but he, he's not going to give it to you. He'll take it away. So he'll put something in your mind that your wife is thinking even though it's not true. He'll put something in her mind that I'm thinking, even though it's not true. So Satan doesn't like marriage. He doesn't like people to get along. And I, I don't know. I've had two children in my first marriage. I was married for 20 years. And I'll take the blame for all, all that. I'll take the blame for that divorce. One of my children, I don't know where she's at right now. And most, Some of you, I've told you guys this. I wasn't going to do this, but this morning as I was praying, the God says, tell about Anna. I have a hard time telling about Anna. <laughs> Whew, I brought some Kleenex for this. But Anna was loved by me. I loved her. My, and my first wife loved Anna. So, and we tried to bring her up. We brought her up in church. We brought her up knowing what Jesus is. And I got saved at five years old. I don't know how many times I went down to the altar to get saved. So I just say I got saved at five because I, I did it so many times. I'm sure God says, here he is again. <laughs> so I ended up being saved a lot. So I go back and say, well, it must have been five when I was saved. I was raised in a church. When the church doors were open, I was there. I lived next door to the church for many, much of my growing up years. And... Uh, I, the church was right there. I was scared of the church, by the way. I did not like to walk in the church when there was nobody there. We had pews, and I just could, just a little scared of that. <laughs> a spirit of fear would jump on me. <laughs> but uh, we had two children. One of them was Anna, one of them was Todd. Anna's uh, 41 years old now, and Todd is 45. And then I married a wonderful lady, Jan. <laughs> and uh, we have two children about 35 and 33, right? A, a girl and a boy on both sides. But my daughter, about a, over a month ago, gave me a letter or a text, and she says, I'm going to commit suicide. If I take heroin and so much packets, I will die. We haven't heard from her since. Her cell phone was thrown away or given away or lost. So we have had no contact with her in over a month. Now, no, how do I take that? I say, Lord, you said in your, it should be thankful in all things because God is greater than the thing. God knows her better than I do, and, and I, I believe, and I believe the Bible teaches that God loves her better than me. He loves you guys more than, more than you think. <laughs> so everything that he wants to happen to Anna are going to happen to Anna. It's, it's not me. So I get my peace when I say, Lord, if I think about this, 
I'll get all upset. I'll worry. And what does worry do? It means God's not very strong, right? I won't worry about it. I'll just say, I give it to you, God, because I can't handle this. It's too much for me. The love I have for my daughter does not translate into my daughter. It doesn't make her do the right thing because I love her. But she is in God's hands. I don't have a clue where she's at. She could be in California. She could be anywhere. I don't have a clue. But I did last, last week, last Friday night, I was going to celebrate recovery at the uh, Methodist Church. And there was a lady I met there. And she was a heroin addict. Has had two months free freedom from heroin. And if you know, that's a lot. <laughs> that's uh, two months is awesome. That means she's been through a lot of withdrawal. But you know, she said, I told myself I'm going to kill myself. I would take a bunch of heroin. I don't even know how much. And I'd take it all at once. And then three hours, I'd wake up again. <laughs> I'd wake up again. And uh, she said, I'll, t- I'll do it every, every night. I would take enough to kill anybody. And I would wake up again. So that's giving me hope. <laughs> even though she wants to do it, God might have other ideas. And I know God can prevent it. God can prevent it. But whatever happens, it's in his hands. It's not in mine. And worrying will not change it. It won't change it one lick. I have to be me and I have to have peace to live this life because this life is not easy. You are all loved, but Satan hates you. I'm telling you, your life is tough sometimes. I think life is like this. You're up on the mountain, you go in the valley. Up on the mountain, you go in the valley. Up on the mountain, you go in the valley. And you learn. I I don't think I'm an expert on love. I I don't want to stand in front of you and be an expert on love. But I have learned a lot in 69 years. And mostly by my failures. (laughs) Failures. Failure teaches I was praying this morning and, and God told me to reveal all this stuff and I don't want to do it. But, but if God says do it, we'll do it. But I've learned by my failures. I've learned about divorce. I don't like divorce. I think it's a terrible thing. But Satan wants you divorced. He wants you to be separated. He wants you to live in separate bedrooms. He wants you to be separate from your wife. He does not like marriage. He does not like, he, he didn't like unity. That's right. So I've learned what I've learned from bad decisions. I've learned what I've learned from doing it wrong. So I can't stand up and say, Terry Ricky. Raised a child who's, who went on heroin. Now, now we don't know where she's at. What kind of father was he? He's a father who loves his child. I love my daughter. I raised my daughter. I saw a picture of her the other day and then started crying. Because when she was growing up, I hugged her. I changed her diaper when she was little. I played with her when she was small. I did all this that you would do with a daughter. And now I don't know, but the Lord has done more than that. The Lord loves her more than I. He loves everything about her. 
He wants her in heaven. And that's the most important thing you, you who have kids to, to, to pray for is pray for them to make it to heaven. That is the number one goal of being on this earth. If, if they go through bad things, I love what Jesus said. Jesus said, there was a Pharisee who thought he was good. And the Pharisee said, look at that other guy over there. He's not good. He's, he's, he's a sinner. And this sinner got down on his knees and he begged, oh God, I humbly ask you to forgive me of my sin. He said, the Pharisee who thought he was well did not get forgiven, but the one who knew he was did get forgiven. Okay, Josh, or Jacob, I've been calling you Josh. <laughs> All right, in the secular realm, and Jan loves to watch Hallmark Channel. <laughs> and if you know Hallmark Channel, is about love. <laughs> I'm in love. Have you ever heard that term? She completes me. He, I'll say she because I'm a, I'm a guy, you know. <laughs> we were made for each other. My heart beats fast when I'm near him or her. My heart, he doesn't let anything bother him. He's not that concerned about money. He doesn't worry. He or she is extremely handsome and pretty. Now, which one of these will turn sour after two years? <laughs> if he don't care about money, it means he doesn't care about working either. He might not have a job. So he, you're going you're gonna to tell him to get out and work. And he says, oh, I don't care about money. So see, that can be a negative. So all these things are secular views of love. And uh, Jen, excuse me, but Hallmark Channel is good about getting people together. But it doesn't say, and what happened in 20 years? <laughs> all right, love is not... I don't know what movie. What, love is never to say you're sorry. Has anybody seen that movie that that is quoted? The love story? Love, story? Yeah. Uh, love is not that. <laughs> I'm sorry I screwed up. <laughs> so say that. Get used to saying that because every one of you messes up. And I'll tell you what, your spouse knows it. <laughs> they don't let it go by them. I never felt this way before. The physical attraction proves that this is a love that will last. We seem to think alike. Every time I'm with you, I feel that it's right. I can't stop thinking about you. And I got some more up here. <laughs> Not that I'm, you know, trying to win some points here, but I realized I was thinking of you and I began to wonder how long you'd been on my mind. And then it occurred to me, since I met you, you never have left. Ain't that sweet? Every love story is beautiful, but ours is my favorite. You are the first and the last things among my mind in each and every day. As we grow older together, as we continue to change with age, there's one thing that will never change. I will always keep falling in love with you. Ain't that neat? <laughs> Praise the Lord. Yeah. <laughs> um, my heart, oh, I, can't, I can't even read that one. 
Yeah, you get it. All right, this is the one I really like. A real man chooses to honor, love, and respect, and adore, and be faithful to one woman. Uh, that, that is a good word. That's a pretty good word. There. This is all secular. Now, let's see what, what a God person should do. Okay, godly love. I choose to love him or her, but I ask God first. How many marriages start like this? He or she exudes God's love. I grow more closely to him every day or daily. I respect her relationship with God. This, I'm going to talk about my thing. He puts his decisions to God first. She gives God first claim on, on the money. <laughs> she tithes regularly. She prays about every decision before acting on it. Isn't that some, some, somebody we want to marry? A lot of times, marriage is based on, oh, I feel love for them. Let's get off of that. Before the 20th century, marriage was, was, was selected. You're, you're, look at the Jews today. Is anybody here Jewish? They got parts, part, okay. They have a, a marriage person, right? What do they call them? Okay, and they choose your wife, right? They, they, they go around and they never let you alone with them. Now, this is something that is just in American culture is completely taboo. We don't go down this road. But the way to stay together is love is a decision to make. It is a decision that I'm going to love you for the rest of my life. That's why we stand here in front of Tom and he prays for us for better or for worse. For richer or for poor. Doesn't have to tickle you. <laughs> we need some help. <laughs> some people have better marriages than others. I'm not uh, criticizing you if you don't have any of these. There's probably some of you just disagree with what I say. But uh, I really want God to know. I don't know that I've done it all right. Like I told you, I've probably done it all wrong. When I go buy a car... I say, Lord, help me with this, with this buy. Help me not to buy it if you don't want me to. Help me to buy it if you want me to. It, that's, a, that's a little thing, isn't it? But that really is, you might not feel anything. And this is, this is something. The secular world wants you to go by your feelings. But that's not, that's not really what, you, what you're supposed to go by. What is true is what you're going to go by. Not how you feel about what's true. It's like I heard last night, I, was, I think I mentioned it, uh, Jan always gets mad at me because I, I, I preached during Hallmark. <laughs> so that's not right. <laughs> but uh, they were talking about love. What, what was I talking about? I'm, I can't think of what I was talking about. All right, go ahead. We'll, we'll let that go and I'll get in a minute. Jacob? All right. You want to play that song? All right, here's a song. I want you to look at 1 Corinthians 13. It's in your handout. Listen to this. If I have knowledge and the gift of prophecy, and if I have the faith that can move mountains, if I have keen insights to fathom mysteries, 
Now if I speak in the tongues of men and angels If I surrender my body to the flames If I give all that I possess to the poorest But have not love, then all of this will be in vain But if I
you. That's a lot better than me reading it, isn't it? <laughs> All right, the next slide, I think, goes on into Corinthians. And there's, there's one there that says, love is patient and kind. Can you see that one? Go on, go on one more. Keep going through Corinthians. Now, this one here, no, one more. This is 4 through 10, and then 11 through 13, and one more. Okay, so what I did was I broke it down into digestible bits because I've read this before. It's such a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful uh, chapter. 1 Corinthians 13. When you want to know about love, read that. But how many of us practice what it says? Let's go by it. Let's go there. Love is patient and kind. How many of you are always patient and kind? <laughs> we try, okay? All we can say is we try. That's about true. Number two, love is not jealous or boastful. Uh, I think Jen got me the other day because I was bragging about something, and she says, well, I'll do it. <laughs> I said, oops. <laughs> so when you work around the church, I used to say, I'd get, I'd get mad. I'd be working with, by myself, setting up chairs or something. I'd get mad. Where's those other guys? You ever thought about that? <laughs> no. And then I say, no. Lord, you're the one I'm working for. Jesus is the one we're working for, not somebody else. It, so it's, and you don't tell everybody what you did either. <laughs> Love is not proud or rude. Y'all know what rude means. <laughs> it's not proud, it's humble. Love does not demand its own way. And if you're, if you're a control freak, this one's tough for you, right? I'm not a control freak, right, Jen? Oh, no, please. She's, she's got to agree now. <laughs> so, love is not irritable. <laughs> love keeps no, re now this is a good one. Love keeps no record of wrongs. How, Jesus said, how many times are we supposed to forgive someone? All, every time. So if your husband makes you mad, we, we have a joke around our house. If the sun goes down, you got to forgive her. <laughs> and it goes down every day. I, I, I like to get her mad late at night so the sun's already down. You know? <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice. I'm trying to get away. I'm trying to get away with it. But uh, keeps no record of wrongs. Remember that. When somebody wrongs you, don't keep a record of it. Don't say, well, you messed up last time. You're not good this time. If your husband does something good, Give it, forget it. That's right, forget it. That's what the Bible says. That's the only way to keep your ulcers from coming. <laughs> oh boy, they did this, this, and this. Yesterday, today, and, and now. Not supposed to do that. You keep no record of wrongs. Okay, I, that's a strong one for me. Love does not rejoice about unrighteousness or injustices. You don't get happy when somebody else is the one they're talking about. And don't join in the conversation. Uh, if, if somebody at work is talking about a, a, somebody else, get away. Don't say a word. Just go away. It may or may not be true. It may be true. But you gotta, you got to get out because you, you're not supposed to say anything about it. Love rejoices when truth wins out. And it doesn't rejoice when somebody 
is, is getting injustice, but it, re, it rejoices when truth wins out. And that, that's, uh, this is the guts of First Corinthians 13. I want to make sure that you understand what you're saying when you read that. Now, are we supposed to do it? It's like Katie said, we're supposed to try. <laughs> if you mess up, what are you supposed to do? Repent. Or what, what, what I call the repent, repenting a delete button. We're all computer literate, right? So when somebody sins, you hit the delete button and you repent. Boom. God says it's gone. As far as the east is from the west, it is gone from you. And so you can do that with somebody else too. Just forgive them. All right, here's another one. Love never gives up. Don't give up. Never loses faith. I was um, being raised in the parsonage and seeing God work with my dad and, and my mom. I have a lot of faith. I know, you know, you were talking about the money. I know there'll be enough money to do what God wants to do. We don't have to worry about that. But if he tells you to give $50, give $50. I mean, my goodness. Oh, how do I know it's God, you know? You think Satan wants you to give $50? <laughs> no way. I, I, uh, I heard Lisa talking one day. She says, give until it hurts. <laughs> my dad always said that. Give it till it hurts. And it's not hurt. You're not giving enough, I don't think. Okay, love is always hopeful. One of the biggest things uh, for depressed people is they don't have any hope. People who are depressed under clinical depression have lost their hopelessness. Their hopelessness. All the, they've lost their hope. They don't believe anything's going to pull them out of this pit. That's one of Satan's favorite tricks is he'll say, you're in a pit too deep. You ain't ever going to get out. That's what Satan will tell you. And you'll keep believing it. Love endures through every circumstance, no matter what happens. Love is more important than prophecy or tongues. What's going to happen to tongues when we get to heaven? It goes away. We won't need it. What happens to prophecy? I don't need to know it because Jesus is standing right there. He'll tell me what's going to happen. So it's easy. Number 14, love lasts forever. Forever. When you go and give your marriage vows, if, you, if you've forgotten the marriage vows, go to Google and type in marriage vows. <laughs> you know what I've noticed in the Hallmark Channel? <laughs> we want, we're, we're supporters of the Hallmark Channel. I've noticed that they've taken the obey out. Now, I'm not going to get under this thing. <laughs> if I say you ought to obey your husband, I'll get all kinds of bad looks and cross... And from church people, <laughs> but that's, they took it out, and then they don't even they don't even say God. They said, "Okay, they, the woman says something, the man says something, and the, and the pastor says, and you are now married. You may kiss the bride. Nothing about God. Nothing about Jesus. Nothing about what you're supposed to do. It's supposed to last forever. So we don't we don't bow down to secular uh, things." And if somebody tells me something, what do you think about this? I'll say, what's the scripture say? Because we are not smart enough to know what Jesus knows. 
But Jesus is smart enough to tell people what to write. He's given us the Bible to do that. Number 15 says, when the time comes, love is all that is left. It la- what uh, Bob Jones went to heaven when he was younger. I think he died 40 years later or something like that. But he had a bad car accident and he died. So he went up to heaven and the question he was asked is, have you learned to love? What, what's that mean? <laughs> have you learned to love? That's the question Jesus asked him. He said, I was standing in front of Jesus, and that's what he asked me. Have you learned to love? If you haven't learned, you will. (laughs) Send him back. He sent him back, and that one, that was funny because he sent him back to he sent him back to the car he wrecked in. And and Bob Jones says, Oh Lord, I wasn't doing any good down there. And Jesus called him a liar. No, you're a liar, Bob. You were doing some good down there. <laughs> so therefore, he went back down to his body and he lived another, I guess, 40 years. I can't remember how long he lived. Three things that will last forever. Faith, hope, and love. The greatest of these is love. Amen. Let's go to the last one here. This is the last slide. You guys are going to get out early. George, where's George at? <laughs> All right. <laughs> Go get out early. All right, Jesus loves you. How many of you know what that means? Jesus loves you. He thinks about you all the time. It says, what's it say? Many as sands on the seashore, so is God's thoughts toward you. Now, can you imagine somebody thinking that much about me? (laughs) He loves you. He loves you more than anyone on the earth. You, you women, he loves you more than your husband loves you. You men, he, he loves you more than your wife loves you. He loves you more than a mother's love. He loves you more than any love that is possible. That love comes from God. This is perfect love. It is perfect. And it doesn't matter how you feel about it. I want to impress on you right now, if you don't feel something towards somebody else, but you've committed to them, you are in love. There is, no, there is no love without first declaring it. I declare I'm in love. Sometimes you won't feel it. Sometimes like Jen wants to throw me under the bus sometimes. <laughs> I mean, we all make errors in our, in our thinking and sometimes we're obnoxious, we're grouchy, we're all that stuff. <laughs> Cranky, yeah. But we're all human beings and the Lord has a good delete button. I love that one. Be thankful in all circumstances for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. This is hard. That means when my daughter is taking drugs to kill herself, I'm supposed to be thankful. Now, isn't that something? Wait, it don't mean that. It can't mean that. It says be thankful in all circumstances. Everything that happens to you. Do you think God is big enough to make things happen to you or to allow them to happen to you? I believe he is. He caused, he caused the sea to split. We sang about it today. He, you can walk right through it. God can do that. If he can do that, he can certainly uh, fix your problems. Amen. Is Jesus' love visible in all that happens to you? That's what it means to be loved. And here's my last bullet. It says, can anything separate you from God's love? 
Romans 8, 35, and the New Living Translation says, can anything ever separate us from Christ's love? Does it mean he no longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity or are persecuted or hungry or destitute or in danger or threatened with death? Uh, lately, I've been thinking about Peter, the Apostle Peter. Jesus was talking about the swords and, and Tom and I have had a discussion about this. We don't understand why. Peter picks up a sword, he slashes off the ear of the enemy. What did Jesus do? Picks the, puts it right back on and says, now's not the time. I do not understand that. But I know it's true. So Peter, I think, I think Peter was re rejected. He felt like he was disciplined right there in front of somebody. He thought he was doing what God wanted. And then he got discouraged. And so what did he do? Go back to fishing again. That's what he did. He went back to fishing. Because he was so discouraged. So what did Jesus do? He shows up where Peter was. After he had risen from the dead, he went to the water and told Peter what to do. What did he say? Turn, throw the net on the other side? That's ridiculous, right? We've been fishing all night long, hadn't caught anything. I think Peter was kind of discouraged. So if, and I've always had this thought, if my head was on the chopping block and, and, and ISIS was going to cut it off, if I did not deny Jesus, I'll say, I won't deny Jesus. That's what I say. But will I have enough strength on my own? I'll have to depend on the Lord. Lord, in your, in your will, I will, I will do that. But only if you empower me, I don't think I can do it physically. Because that's what happened to Peter. He thought he could do this. Peter thought he could do it. But <laughs> to say, if it's, if it's your will, which I think it is, strengthen me at that time. I need it. And help me to do the right thing. Okay? Let's all stand up and pray. Okay. All right. After I get through praying, uh, Pastor Tom wants to, uh, wants to close out. I just thank you, Lord Jesus, uh, for this time. Help us to learn to love. I'd prefer not to do it the hard way. <laughs> And make the mistake first, Lord. Help us to, to be able to do things right, to be good. And then, Lord, help us to rely on you as the one who loves us all. In Jesus' name, amen.